spiritual right action that I speak about is very different from following rules. The principles of spiritual right action should be applied whenever there is a conflict between what is morally right and morally wrong and between what is ethically right and ethically wrong. Let me give you an example from Bible. This is a famous incident from Bible called Peter's denial. After the Last Supper, when Jesus is arrested and taken to the high priest for trial, Peter and few others follow Jesus to high priest courtyard. And there a woman and a man recognize him to be one of Jesus' close members. Peter bluntly denies any association with Jesus and declares that he does not know the man at all. Soon Peter moves into tremendous guilt. He moves into shame and cries bitterly. He moves into shame and he moves into regret. Bible portrays this complex situation where Peter fights a moral battle between standing by someone you love and protecting your own survival. What would you do if you were in Peter's position? Think for a moment. Or put yourself into this morally conflicting position that doctors in some countries have faced in the recent past or continuing to face even now. They had to play God, having to choose who gets the ventilator and survives and who does not get the support. Human life is filled with complexities. To do or not to do. To help or to say no. To wait or to ask. To buy or to refrain. To forgive or to demand an apology. To say yes or to say a no. To give or to withhold. To be patient or to demand. To suspect or to trust. To stay or to leave. To confide or to be cautious. To care or to ignore. It is in these situations that one does not know what right action is. In such deep dilemmas of human existence, the principle of spiritual right action will be your guide. Spiritual right action is a result of an inward journey you take in the thick of life. In very simple terms, it begins with right decision. You make a right decision from a beautiful state where you feel connected to yourself, where you feel connected to the people around you and you are connected to the situation you are facing. Once you have chosen what to do, you perform that action from that beautiful state and then you move forward in life in total peace. When you are caught in ideals, you are stuck in conflict, you are stuck in suffering. Your heart is dead because you're constantly trying to live up to the ideal. Don't you find this happen in life? Sometimes you find that while you are stuck in inaction, someone else around you is able to act with spontaneity because they were in a beautiful state of connection at that time. Our ideals limit us. They make us feel frustrated and regretful. Oftentimes, you take recourse to ideals when you do not know how to live from a beautiful state. That is, when you try to live up 
to standards set by religion, try to live up to standards set by society or morality. And such ideal-driven actions are often paralyzing, leads to disharmony, and leads to further chaos in your life. You perhaps are wondering if there is no room for ideals or codes at all in life. The fact is you don't need spiritual right action in areas of life where there is no moral or ethical conflict involved. You don't need ideals in obeying traffic rules in following travel regulations in your country. These rules are not ideals. They are codes of conduct. They are regulations. Ideals are different. They define your sense of self. They define your identity. Ideals define whether you are a morally good person or a bad person right or wrong in a given situation. The only way to find an answer to this moral dilemma is to source yourself in a beautiful state of connection.